0: Hebrews chapter 10. Now I think this will be the next to the last message on Hebrews 10, I think. Depends on how long I am today. Verse 19, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. I want to talk to you on this thought today, entering and abiding in the presence of God. Amen. Uh, some people go in, but they won't stay. Amen. I, I say some folk go in, but they won't stay. Amen. See, the real test is abiding. Amen. Amen. Amen? Let's look to God this morning. Father, we thank you. We praise you for your presence in this place. We thank you for the anointing that's here to destroy every yoke of bondage. We release the hearts and minds of your people to worship, to praise, and to receive. We bind the hand of the devil right now. Every trick, God, is under the blood right now in the name of Jesus. We free the captives to receive and we thank you for it. We thank you for every man and woman that's breaking the bread of life around the world Add a blessing to their words in Jesus' name. Amen. You might be seated. I don't really uh, have enough time to do a good review, but we've been on this long enough. I shouldn't have to carry you too far back. But what we see here is that when a man or woman hears the gospel, they understand the gospel that they've heard. And then they believe what they understand. And they give an assent that what they heard, believe, and understand is true. Then they have to commit themselves and move forward. And see what happens is people will go just so far and stop. Now, there's a lot of things we said there in that one sentence. Hears, understands, believes, commits. See, if you do all of that, the Bible says, then you will either do one of two things from that point on. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday. You will either go on and become a true believer or you will fall back and become an apostate. Now that... Apostate, and I'll put it in parentheses so you'll understand it. Uh, we call it a deserter. Now, let me make sure that I explain this. We don't become an apostate unless we have the full truth. You understand this? You can't walk away from something you don't know. So we're not talking about people who are babes, people who are just learning. But we're talking about people who have, as the Bible says, tasted the good word. These are people who have seen the hand of God. When you've seen Jesus work his miracles in your life, not not just what you read in the Bible, but when you see it, as folks say, for real, or as they say in my neighborhood, for real, for real. when 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 you get to see it that way, the Bible says, there's no way that you can walk away from it. And if you do, and of course, that's verse 26, which we hopefully will get to next week, says if you do that, if you sin willfully, there's no repentance for that. Now, I'm not trying to scare you, so don't, don't, don't get nervous. I'm simply saying that uh, you can come just so far and then become a complete castaway. Now, I hold up the evidence before you, a fellow by the name of Judas. Jesus went, uh, Judas went all the way. Listen, when I say all the way, all the way to the garden. He was right there until the arrest. So there was nothing he hadn't heard from Jesus. And even at that point in time, what did Jesus call him? Friend. And I, without getting too far off my subject today, I always tell people that Judas had an opportunity to repent several times. But of course he didn't take any one of those opportunities. Now I believe, this is my belief, okay? This is, this is my belief. I believe that when the door is closed The Bible gives that example. You can know everything there is to know about Christ. You can follow him. Uh, he was a trusted confidant. He had the money. You don't trust people with much, you know, much more than that. But yet he betrayed him. Now, some people say, well, he betrayed him because scripture says so. Really? Really? No. Scripture did say so, but he didn't betray him because scripture said so. He betrayed him because that was his character. That that was what he was going to do. Amen? So, I say that to you to say this, that we have to understand, and I mentioned this yesterday too, the difference between a person who is backslidden and a person who is an apostate. And it's really simple. In Jeremiah chapter uh, 3, the Bible says this in, well, it's about three or four verses, in verses 12 through 14. Here's what it says. God says he's married to the backslider. Amen. Let, me, let me read it to you because I know you probably don't believe it says that. Jeremiah, i just do that for you here. <laughs> Here's what it says in verse 12. It says, go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return backsliding Israel, says the Lord. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says the Lord. I will not remain angry forever. Now, he's talking to the backslidden Israel, okay? He says, only acknowledge your iniquity. In other words, go and make your confession that you've transgressed against the Lord your God and have scattered your charms to alien deities under every green tree. Now, I can't can't say what I'm thinking, so I'm going to move on. (laughs) <laughs> and have not obeyed my voice, says the Lord. Then it says, verse 14, return, O backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. Does it say that in your Bible? Okay, so we're talking about the backslider. What is this? this is a person who still believes but don't behave right. But when we say we're talking about a person who is apostate, they no longer believe the doctrine of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And yesterday we talked about folks. When they don't go to church. Right. And in, in uh, verse 25, it says, as is the manner of some. Right. And, of course, then we have all these folk that say, well, I I, I come when I can, I I come when I want to. But Luke says this. It's just, you know, just for fun. Go to Luke chapter 4. Now, I know y'all think I like to make up stuff, and I talk a lot to you about why it's important to be in church. Because you want to be Christ like, right? Yeah. I mean, you do, right? Yeah. That's why you got saved, because you want to be. Okay, one simple verse. Verse 16 says this So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, talking about Jesus, and as his He went into, what was his custom? So what did he do normally? He went to church. (laughs) Jesus' custom was to go. Now, do we need a French translation or? Sure, Eli can give us a Spanish one, but I think it would say the same thing, that to be Christ-like means you go to church. Now go ahead and look at me and say, well, Pastor, you know, I got this stuff. (laughs) And I know we are busy because people have lives. It's a shame that you forgot who gave it to you. (laughs) Okay, let me get, that ain't in the message, okay, let me go on. So the Bible teaches us that only two responses for a person who intellectually understands. If they hear the word, they understand the word, they know what the word says, they either go on to move in faith, grow up and mature, or they become apostate. So, verse 19 says, having therefore, and you know we always tell you when there's a therefore, you need to know why it's therefore. And therefore always points you back. Amen. All right, so here's what he said. He says, therefore, because you've had 10 chapters and 18 verses of Hebrews. Okay, that's the therefore. because. <laughs> Because we're on chapter 10, verse 19. So he said, therefore, because you've had the opportunity to read and study 10 chapters concerning the priesthood of Christ, all right? He says, <laughs> I love this, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way. So let's first talk about uh, uh, the boldness, the boldness. Now, Hebrews chapter four and verse 16 says that we, we, we must come boldly to the throne, boldly. And why do we come boldly? Well, there's a reason for that. There's always a reason for our attitude about why we do things, amen? And the Bible is very clear that the reason that we come boldly is because We don't have any fear or trepidation about God not receiving us because we know what he did to get us to that place, come on, was effective. Now, if I know I'm saved, I'm not scared. Mm. I say if I know I'm saved, I'm not scared. And people are scared of a lot of things, amen? But the Bible says the essence of salvation, the essence of salvation is drawing near Holding fast and loving each other, amen. So someone who draws near and falls away doesn't have salvation. Now I said this before, and people people get upset with me and they say, "Well, Pastor, you can't say if I can't say whether I'm saved or not." I'm not talking about you. I'm just simply saying what it says here. <laughs> I'm saying people. I don't know you, <laughs> but if you you. you, you If you go just so far and back up, it means you didn't know Christ. And I know I'm getting criticized all over the world, all over the Internet and everywhere else, because people say, well, you can't judge another person's salvation. And I do not. I do not. But. But I do have a like spirit as Christ, and I know when a person believes and a person does not believe. I know when a person is immature and not yet developed in Christ, and I know when a person doesn't want anything to do with Christ. Now you have to judge for yourself, okay? I have a lot of patience with immature saints. And that's all I'm going to say. So the Bible says that those who draw near and, and, and sticks around for a while, but does not love his brother comes under the same condemnation. First John chapter four says this in verse 20. Someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He's a liar. Okay, let me read that again because I know that's probably a different translation than you got. It says, someone says, I love God and hates his brother. He's a liar. Hmm? For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. Can you all see me? Okay. All right. (laughs) How can he love God whom he's not seen? But you love God. Tell me what he looked like. See, everybody wants to default to God, but they don't know it. There's a, there, there, there's a real, there's a nugget there, and everybody seems to miss it. How do you keep telling people how you know who God is, you love the Lord? How do you do that? When basically what he says is the only way you know God is through your brother. And today, don't let me get off too far now. I got to come back. How many people sitting under the sound of my voice right now have a problem with their brother or sistering? But you love the Lord. Now, who's a liar? You or God? My Bible says God cannot. This is sobering. It really is. And it gets so serious sometimes because we, we, we live in a, a make-believe make and pretend world. We want to be, listen, we want one foot in the church and one foot in the world. We want to behave any way we want to and say what we want to say, do what we want to say, and always voicing our opinion. And if you have an opinion about something, shouldn't you qualify your right to give an opinion by your knowledge and body of work? You ever notice this? That people have the most opinions. Own nothing. <laughs> don't pay no taxes. Don't do nothing. Amen. Just give an opinion. Hmm? Mm-hmm. They used to say back in the day, you know, back back in the old days, you say you had to pay the costs. They also say this, that the golden rule is that he who has the gold... <laughs> so why is it broke people always gotten to pick? <laughs> right here where I might end up being a 3 part instead of a two-parter, see, <laughs> of uh, messing in people's business. that ain't got nothing to do with it, right? <laughs> so verse 20 says, <laughs> verse 20 says that we enter through a new and living way which he consecrated for us. Now this is important because the Bible says that that way is his flesh. Let me see if I can tell the story real easy and it makes makes. Learning, easy. Matthew chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27, uh, beginning at the 51st verse. That's uh, a long ways into the scripture. Ain't it? But what does it say? It says, "The veil of the temple was rent." Now I know that's Old English. That means it was torn. From top to bottom. All right, let me explain this to you. When Jesus was on the cross, everybody kind of understands this, that because he was beaten and he was uh, mercifully scourged, as the Bible calls it, hung on a cross, he did not have to be pierced in the side. He would have died because the other ones died, without being cut. But you see, the Bible says that the only way that you could go into the holy of holies as the high priest is that the flesh had to be rent, open, and that open was the letting of the blood that was to be carried, into the presence of God. So God was then pleased with the offering. Are y'all following me? And then he made that, the Bible calls it, the expiation uh, for the sins. Now watch this. As long as Jesus was on the cross and alive, you still could not enter in. The way in was barred as long as Christ lived. The only way you could get in is he had to die. He had to become the perfect sacrifice. And upon his resurrection and ascension, you got the power to go in. You see, that's the part of the plan the devil didn't comprehend when he was trying to crucify him, he just wanted him out the way. Now think about this. In the Old Testament, when the priest went in, he pushed the veil aside and went in. But the veil remained intact. And if Jesus had been just pushed aside, then you couldn't have gone in. Because only the high priest, once a year, So the Bible says now by a new and we call it a living way. And the Bible called it what? His flesh. His flesh. So it had to be his flesh and it had to be open. Are you all seeing this? So now when we look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, we have a new meaning because we understand now that we can come boldly to the throne of grace because the way in has been prepared. And each one of us becoming a high priest can enter into the presence of God. Now, you It's hard sometimes, even when I'm looking at it, hard to imagine what it took for you to be rescued. This is this. Is, this look, Navy SEALs couldn't pull this off. This was an elaborate plan. And everything had to be perfect, including Judas. Everything had to be perfect. That's how much you mean to him. (coughs) And yet, (sighs) we have to fight with you to get you to appreciate it. That's why the Bible says they were unthankful. Can't make me lift my hands if I don't want to. Now, you know, uh, <laughs> we're the only people, when I say we, we, you'll figure out. We're the only people, not, not, uh, listen, we're the only people in modern history who were enslaved. And yet, we're the only people who were not do what they're told, no matter who's telling them. What you tell a a certain person? (laughs) They got to think about it. They got to figure it out. (laughs) See, most people reason the stuff. What if, you know? While you're talking, mm-hmm. they say, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Not us. Can't tell me what to do. And you're right. <sighs> That's exactly why. Thirteen percent. With all your money, you broke. I listen to folks talk about what they do if they hit the lottery. You know, it's up to three quarters of a billion dollars now, right? What what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. And everybody that talks to me, I say, what you going to do is be broke. Because a fool and his money. I just hope that before you spend it all you bring you bring your tithe. <laughs> Cause I know you're gonna be broke. <laughs> and I don't have no refunds. <laughs> so, so when you broke, you just broke, right? <laughs> I'll just use you as an example. Say, yeah, so and so used to have. No, listen to me. Money, like everything that's precious, requires care. It requires some training and use. Come on. If you have a gold bar, you won't sit it on the counter in your house. Huh? It'll be locked away somewhere, won't nobody ever see it. Hmm? But well, I guarantee you, if you hit that lottery, everybody's gonna see you. Mm, your car gonna be so long, they're gonna see you two blocks before you get there. <laughs> and, and that's why you will end up with nothing. Because everybody out there who is a little bit smarter than you is plotting on how they can get your money. And you will say, well, they ain't going to get my money. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. There's a familiar saying about this time of the year, in case you hadn't heard it. It's called the tax man cometh. (laughs) He ain't coming this year. He ain't coming next year. (laughs) He's waiting. After about three years, he said, where is my money? And guess what you got? No money. Well, I thought I already paid the taxes. (coughs) How many of you tried that with IRS and they say, oh, really? Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a uh, financial advisor, but come see me before you cash the check. <laughs> I'm going to secure at least 10% of it for you. All right. So the, <laughs> the Bible says in, uh, in verse 21, are y'all there? says, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. So we have a high priest over the house of God. That's Jesus. Those first uh, 18, uh, excuse me, 18 yeah, verses tell us that we have a high priest over the house of God. Now, because we do have that high priest, here's what he says that we need to do. And this is very explicit here. I mean, you don't, don't even have to have a, a degree in rocket science. He says... Let us draw near with a true heart. Let us hold fast our confession and let us consider one another and stir up love. And I wanna talk about each one of them individually. The first thing I want you to understand is that the Bible says that in order for us to draw near, notice what it says in 22. It says that you have to have uh, assurance of faith, assurance of faith. In other words, you gotta know what you believe you gotta know what the doctrine of Jesus Christ is. The Bible says that you have to have assurance of of faith. How many of you really have an assurance of what you believe? Okay, don't answer that question because here's, here's my question to you. Do you believe the same way when stuff is wrong as you do when it's right? When your life is going bad, do you believe the same way as when it's going good? Do you worship God the same way when you are healthy and have a lot of money that's when you're broke and you ain't feeling good. Okay? And, and, and here's why I ask you a qu- Because if I have full assurance of faith, none of that changes. I'm the same. Pastor, how are you going to smile when things are going wrong? Because I, I, I got a high priest. He's already taking care of that. Does your countenance change when folks don't do what you want them to do? That's not full assurance of faith. See, I'm sure of one thing. I'm sure that Jesus, listen now, I'm sure of one thing. I'm sure that Jesus died for me before I got here. And the Bible teaches me that by grace, I am saved. It was the grace of God that allowed me to confess him as Lord. And because I made that confession and I'm holding on to that confession, I believe that it's by grace he keeps me saved. And because he chose me. He gave me the choice of choosing him. Wait a minute now. You see, this is the part we miss. Because he chose me, his grace was a free gift to me. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm I'm, going to let you get saved. You can be saved. Mm -hmm. Now, he says, I love you so much, I'm going to let you make the decision whether you're going to love me back. Mm -hmm. That's free grace. I'm going to let you choose whether you're going to love me back. And yet we still have to mull it over in our mind. Well, well, I don't know. Why are we having a debate about whether or not, you know, Jesus is Lord of everything in my life? That he has the power to regulate whatever he wants in my life because I am a purchased possession. I'm bought with a price. Therefore, he can do what he wants with me. So, Pastor, what happened when stuff happened to me that's bad? Hey, he knew I needed to learn this. Amen. Hmm? Everybody here knows you're going to die. You, I think you do. Huh? And everybody here knows that folks in your family are going to die. Hmm? And as much as it hurts you when they die, you don't die with them. Amen. Now, why is that? Because you made a choice to live. Even though it hurt when they left, you made a choice to live. Salvation is the same way. <coughs> when everything in your life is dying, you still have to make a choice to live. Amen. Pastor, can't you lighten us up with a joke? I ain't got one right now. Well, this is this is really serious, and, and I don't think people take it serious enough. I, I, I told you all the other day, I'm on this campaign now. I just I want people to be saved. I don't want you to make a confession and then walk away. I want people to be saved. If you're going to be saved, I want you to live the saved life. Amen. Now, I never said anything about living a good life. I want you to live a saved life. I want you to have the same ups and downs as every person on planet Earth. But I want you to know that when it's all over, you receive a crown. Can I? I don't have time to do this, but in, in Revelation chapter 12, you'll read something that. I don't know. I just, when I read something, it just, it's the little stuff that gets me. In Revelation chapter 12, the Bible talks about the woman, the baby, and the dragon. Y'all remember that? Well, oh, shoot, let's just go. Look at it. <laughs> I ain't about to finish this anyway, right? Now, I just want to make one little point here. This is just, to me, this is so... So important. It's only important to me, though. I know. Just me. It says in here uh, it says now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and with the head, a garland of twelve stars. Everybody say garland of twelve stars. Of 12 stars. Okay. It says in verse 3, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, great fiery red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems on his head. Everybody says seven diadems. Seven. So what is the difference between a diadem and a garland? You know, that's what they give to. Miss America, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I want, and I don't have time to get into this today, but I want you to study this because, see, the difference between the two is the garland. What? Huh? Now, the garland is simple, plain. It's a sign of victory. Diadem means I am a competitor. I'm a pretender, but I ain't real. Okay. You see, and this is, see, if you're a Christian, expect the garland. All who run in the race, when the Bible says you receive a crown, he's not talking about a diadem. What's he talking about? A garland. Study it. We think too highly of ourselves. All right, don't go around and tell people and that pastor say nobody gonna get a crown, they're gonna get a garland. The garland is called a crown. Okay, but you know what it is. <laughs> so when you say something, I shall wear a crown. It's a garland. <laughs> That's why I don't like side robes because you don't have enough time to get in there to say anything. Okay, so here's what the Bible says. And verse twenty-two to come with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled. All right, now let me do this fast. When the Bible talks about having your heart sprinkled, having your heart sprinkled, He follows it by saying, and having your bodies washed. Right, your heart sprinkled, and your body washed. Now the difference is very clear here. In the Old Testament, you find that the priests would go and he'd offer the sacrifice and then when he finished offering the sacrifice, he would go to the lava and he would do what? He would wash up. And every day he would do what? Offer the sacrifice and he would wash up. And he, he, he would make his body clean. But he didn't, he didn't clean his spirit. So he was still the same old guy making some kind of gesture for sin. Sin didn't go away. His, his sin nature didn't change. And his, his thoughts about sin didn't change. Huh? This is the old covenant saints that get saved today. People who are ritualistic. People who follow all the rules, but they don't change anything on the inside. Outside, you know, everything's cool. So he kept, he kept washing. So the Bible says that when he went in the Holy of Holies once a year, he sprinkled the blood on the mercy seat. When Jesus went in, the Bible says that he sprinkled the blood. And then he said that here, when we are sprinkled, it cleanses our heart. So we're clean from the inside and then we are washed on the outside. Ephesians 5 and 26 says that we are washed with the water of the word. So when Jesus sprinkled you one time, when he sprinkled you one time, when he sprinkled you one time, your heart was cleansed and your conscience was changed and your sin nature was gone. But you were in a body. You're in a body. So he says you gotta be constantly bathed with the word so that you can get the outside to match are we still here see we 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 don't think about matching the two up if my heart is right then my mouth ought to be right come on if my heart is right my body ought to follow my heart I should be doing right stuff because I have a right attitude about God because my conscience has been clean. Amen. Are y'all? So he says here. Let me read it again. He says this. I'm in Revelation. Lord have mercy. Let me go. <laughs> Here's what he says. He says, "Let us draw near with a true heart." In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with the pure word. Now, notice what he follows. He said, let us hold fast. So he's saying, now, hold on here. Now. We talked about this yesterday. Uh, 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 This is time we talked about this. This is the difference between. Eternal salvation on God's side. When the blood of Jesus was sprinkled, our hearts were cleansed. And when we made that confession, God said, I'm going to cover you forever. But on man's side, man had to make a choice. God never made a choice. He said, this is it. But man had to make a choice to accept what God said. And if he did not accept what God said, then he had the free will to walk away from what God said, even though God said it. Amen. Y'all ain't quite getting this. I don't think you understand. On man's side, you are free. Yeah. You are a free moral agent, and you can walk away anytime you choose to do so. Most people do choose to walk away because they say it's too hard. It don't take all that. It costs too much. They choose to walk away. Even though they don't physically walk away, spiritually they walk away. And the Bible says that that walking away is what causes you to be lost even though you are covered. So you say once saved, always say, yeah, God will always see that you are saved. But you don't see that you're saved, Amen. and you can walk away. Amen. Anybody ever had a child out there doing stuff that you thought was just bad? Hmm? Amen. And you say, that's not my child. But it really is. Yeah. Are y'all following up? Come on, anybody know what I'm trying to say here? You say, Mm-mm, that's not my child. My child would never do that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it is your child, and your child is doing it. Amen. So when we, we talk about having our hearts sprinkle, it means now, listen now, this is, at two minutes to try to get, I ain't going to make it. This means that our hearts have been changed to want to obey. See, my heart has been changed to want to obey, to want to obey. That's why the Bible says that that we have to, let me read this next verse. (laughs) It says in verse 23, let us hold fast our confession of our hope without wavering. So now I got to be able to hold on to what I'm believing by saying what I believe and keep saying what I believe till it lines up with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we started what, about three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So now my confession is guiding me into truth. Oh, let, let me read it to you one more time because, again, it didn't make sense. Here's what it says. Confession of our hope. Mm-hmm. Hope is future faith. Is now. He said, I have faith for now and I have hope for tomorrow. The hope that I'm confessing is the faith that I have now. Do y'all see this? What I'm believing right now, I'm gonna continue to confess it because my hope is in my faith that what he said He is able to do because the word said he who promised is what faithful. Are we still together? All right, got 17 seconds. I'll never make this. Ain't even going to try. But here's what I want to show you. The 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 third thing here is this. And consider one another in order to stir up or provoke good works. Now, 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 let me tell you something. We talked about this yesterday. When we asked the question, why do I need to come to church? It's not for me. It's for God and Christ. It's for my brothers and sisters. All those who stand in need of a prayer, a word a blessing. That's why I come to church. Amen. See, I can't stir you up. We can't be we can't be Facebook church members. Cuz here's what it says. Look. It says, consider one another, consider one another, one another, one another. Here's the first lesson, first, uh, here's your first lesson in love. Your only lesson in love, the real lesson in love. What is it, Pastor? Consider others. Amen. See, the kind of love that we talk about puts me First. consider one another listen if you if you can't consider others you don't have any love you you will never ever ever I'm, listen let me talk to the wall for just a minute if there's anybody who's ever been married that couldn't make it work because only one person was trying to make it work you know, that when it comes to love, you have to consider the other before you consider yourself. Selfish people, come on now, selfish people think about me, 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 me. You remember a couple weeks ago, I talked to you from the book of Malachi and I told you about I uh, didn't I just hit on it a little bit. But let me just tell you something about the book of Malachi. Malachi received the word from the Lord. And when Malachi was talking, he was talking to uh, uh, the priests, and he was talking about the, the, the teachers and, and all the people that call themselves the people of God. And what he said is he said, you know what, you folk are challenging me. He says, now, 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 now. What, what, what he, said? he said, He said, you say that I'm your father, but you don't honor me. You give me what you want me to have, but you don't give me what I asked you for. Huh? Uh, huh? And then he says this. Now, wait a minute. Now, y'all, y'all read this because there's only four, four, four chapters. You can read this. Here. He said, why don't you try offering that to your governor? See how that works for you? Huh? Now now what I'm saying to you is he, he he was very plain. He said, Look, I already told you what I want. Why are you giving me what you want? Amen. Huh? Amen. I remember when I was very new in marriage. <laughs> and I gave my wife a gift, I don't remember what it was now, it was something something cookware or something. <laughs> and she said, Don't be giving me nothing to work with. I ain't never one time. I mean, I ain't, I ain't crazy. I said I was new at this. Okay? <coughs> <laughs> the women, boy, I tell you what, boy, I tell you what, I tell you what. But what I learned is that if I want to make her happy, I want to give her what she wants. <laughs> so the lesson here, lesson here, guys. All right, now, I'm a professional, so be careful. Take her wherever she wants to go and let her buy whatever she wants. <clears throat> now, that's what I do, that's that what I do, all right? Huh? I drop off at Jared's and I wait, in the car. Yeah, and then she come out and say, come on, I'm ready now. So, been there more times. You th- <laughs> 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 folks say they know me up in there, <laughs> but stay with me, y'all. Come here and see. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna have to stop because I ain't gonna make it. Okay, let me finish this by saying this in verse 24. It says, consider one another in order to stir up love. You can't stir up love. Here it goes. If you ain't here. Mm-hmm. I think that, uh, again, if you look at marriages, most people's complaint will be, Either husband or wife, they would say, you ain't ever here. Anybody ever heard that before? Okay. <laughs> you ain't ever here. <laughs> I got a tattooed on me. <laughs> it's about war off now, but <laughs> you ain't ever here. This is exactly, this is exactly what God says. If you say you are my one and only love, how come you ain't here? Why ain't you here? I can't provoke you to love or good works if I don't know where you are and who you are. Hmm? i tell you what, I'm going to stop here and, and finish next week. I'm going to try to combine two and one next weekend. Okay. I doubt it, but we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we'll give it a shot anyway. Amen. I made my three points and that's the point I want to make. Notice that each one of these phrases in verse 22, 23 and 24 says, let us, let us and let us, let us draw near, let us hold fast. Let us consider. All right. Each one says let us. It's corporate. It's corporate. It's not individual. There are scriptures that say that you. But most scriptures when it comes to worship it says let us. We have to be drawn in to one another. We have to be drawn in to one another. You know. There should be something about each one of you that provokes you. Now, now that word provokes. <sighs> Paroxysm. We'll, we'll tell you about it next week. But literally it means to irritate. Yeah. Y- y'all, y'all, y'all y'all have been to wife in school, y'all pretty good at that. I think that's that, that's probably an advanced course, you know. Irritating. Did you? Did you? Did you? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Did you? Did you? Did you? You know. <laughs> and every woman say, amen. "Amen." They got a masters in provoking. But sometimes provoking is good. Sometimes people won't do anything if you don't provoke them. Now, now, there's another translation. (laughs) In all fairness, I got to do, it means to excite, to excite. When it comes to church, you ought to, to excite people about your worship. You want them to come to church because you talk about how good it is. I've always said the reason churches don't grow is because members don't tell anybody. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, have, you, you have to be able to tell folks how good your church is. Amen. Hmm? And you, you tell them, you say, come and see. Mm. You don't believe me? Come and see. Amen. Pastor, they ain't coming. Yeah, you, they keep, you keep provoking them. Well, I'm coming just to shut you up. <laughs> <laughs> just keep telling them. But most people don't tell folks good stuff about it. The they tell them, tell them the bad stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to stop here because I'm going to really get in trouble. Uh suffice to say <laughs> no I know I know when it's time for me to shut up and I had this idea of flashing in my head and I said you better not say that you know all these women outnumbered you about 10 to 1 <laughs> shut up so I'm gonna move right on and say and say this right here everybody <laughs> everybody laugh, everybody who's had I think Justin planners calls it about a doubt. If you've had about without, this is your day. See, because so many people are not really radically saved. I know y'all look pretty. You know, you're getting ready now for Easter. You know, the, the weather's changing. You know, and you probably got that outfit that you've got sitting aside waiting <laughs> for Sunday morning so you can blossom. I understand that. I understand that. But if it's the same old you. You know that's what th- that's what Easter's about, right? That's the renewal. That's why people wear a new outfit. Uh, y'all know that, right? Shows that you have blossomed. You sprung. In case some of you've been sprung, but that's, <laughs> that's beside the point. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to talk to you about renewal. That's just what I want. We're we going to pray with you today because I think that some of us <sighs> stand up on your feet. Let me, let me do it this way because it ain't everybody's business. is our business.